Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Hey, Crazy Birds. I hope you are all doing super well and having a fantastic day. Today, we have a really, really awesome guest for you. He's the host of the Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. He's also a transformational leadership coach and a breathwork facilitator and teacher and a movement catalyst. He's on a quest to identify, interview, and collaboratively empower the key players in a regenerative movement. And today in the podcast, we talk about his journey, some of the amazing work that he's actually done, and also find out about the triple bottom line that his podcast is also all about. So crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome to the podcast, Julian Goodelai. Hi, I'm excited to be here. You're most welcome. So how did your journey actually start? Very curious to hear all about that. I think there was a really clear turnaround moment. That's about eight years ago now when I was working as an event manager for BMW cars, which, you know, I enjoyed for a while. And it was like pursuing the the German dream, you know, go to a state paid university and then get a job with one of the big companies. Obviously, I'm joking, but that's kind of like the the German equivalent of of the American (laughs) dream. And so I worked with BMW for about two years with a funky little event agency out of Munich. And it was hard work. It was incredibly epic. We did lots of cool shit. But really, it was too old paradigm focus. And I kind of knew that going in, but I was like wanting to give all that a shot because I I felt like, who am I to pretend that I always know things better, you know? And so I was like, this is what's happening. Let me connect with what's happening and let me see how I can find my place in this. And two years in, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of, you know, moments of on-ramping towards burnout, which I think is just usual for like someone in their early mid-20s in the event uh, industry. Because, you know, you just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I had this this moment where I was in Vancouver, I was managing a large tour across Canada, which was quite awesome to be the, the sole manager on that. I already, you know, left Germany kind of for good to just keep exploring the world. And Canada was already a place where I was welcome. And so I was managing this tour across Canada. Last location was Vancouver. And I'm on Cypress Mountain, just north of Vancouver, for anyone who knows Vancouver well. And this guy pulls up in an electric car. And I might have told this story on another podcast before, but it was not a Tesla. This is like 2012. So it might have been Fisker or Fiker or whatever those were called. And he hands me the charger cable. And he's like, yeah, can you plug this in? And as I take this charger cable from him, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? So it was like, um, you know, like a divine intervention or something. I like viscerally felt it through my body. My intellect was bypassed. And I was like, you're doing the wrong thing, man. And I plucked in his car. I helped him, you know, get his car charged. And 
uh, a week later, I actually quit my job. Um, I was like, this is just not for me anymore. I don't want to support this dying paradigm of oil and gas industry with my focus, with my energy, um, even if it's well-paid, even if it is, you know, like the German dream, as I called it a little earlier. <laughs> and that was a, a turnaround moment. I mean, there were many other moments, but that was a turnaround moment for sure. Wow, what a journey. And you're originally from Germany. You've spent a lot of time traveling. There's just so many great experiences that you get. Like, But what would you say was really important for you then for this traveling and meeting other people, seeing other countries and learning other languages as well? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the core of my journey. I, I mean, I shared this example with this event tour in Vancouver back then, just because that was like a turnaround from like being really clear on what to commit my focus on. But traveling, learning languages, I think that's how I just always, as, as far as I remembered, have tapped into potential, like bringing my potential from conversations or or dreams into reality. So when I was 15, I had the really big privilege to spend a full year abroad. And I left Germany for the first time and went to Paraguay in South America. And, you know, my parents supported me, which basically means they paid for it because I was a 15 year old <laughs> teenager. And it, you know, looking back, I think the whole year that it was like a $6,000 or something. But back then for me as a 15 year old, I was like, oh, wow, this is so much money. Like, I can't believe how lucky I am. And so I, I was just really humbled as a kid to do that. And wow. that just changed a lot of the ways I see life. Like, you know, talk about privilege, talk about all these, these, these topics of reconciliation that the world is, is still yet to reconcile. I feel like I've confronted this all my life. And so this is not something that's really new for me. This is, I think it is the path. It is the journey for us being alive in this beginning of the 21st century is like, there's been lots happening on this planet that I don't think any of us wants to be associated with from, you know, um, exploitative practices and in industries to abuse of minorities or, or, or women or, or people of, of, of uh, different sexualities or, or children. Like all of this has been a reality on this planet and we do need to reconcile all of it. But the most important part is to participate in life and to participate in a way that allows us to be a stand for the good world we believe in. And so what I'm trying to say here is because you came from the question of how did travel kind of change me that way is I've everywhere I went in the world, Mariska, everywhere I went, I've seen amazing people, like happy people, good hearted people, kind people. And I mean, every now and then I met someone who was a bit creepy or, or a little <laughs> like, you know, rough around the edges, but really the majority of human beings that I've met on this planet in South America, in Asia, in North America, in Europe, in Africa, wherever I went, it's just really, really good people. And so I've learned to understand that all these good people, when they actually stand up, speak up and do good deeds and do good actions and don't take no for an answer or take a nine to five job as the final destination, things do change. But that's a process. That's the journey in itself. That's not a one time occasion. And so I think that's what I've learned is that, you know, the more people, the more individuals we can empower and encourage to stand up, speak up, walk their purpose into reality, the better. Oh, that's amazing. You've said, you know, about all the different languages and I've listened to some of the stuff where you struggle to learn some of these languages. 
And you actually speak five languages or, well, we might just go ahead and call it six because the sixth one is a language of like stillness that you say that you also speak. And what does that mean? And why is it important for all of us to at some point just take that time and, you know, learn to speak the language of stillness? Mm. Yeah, I like that question. Well, let me find an answer to that, that, that is very, like, feels real in my being. So, so yeah, I've learned to speak a few languages before I was 20 in, you know, not necessarily in school. I think I got some foundations in school, but then through traveling Spanish, Portuguese, and Italian just kind of happened as I was, as I said, tapping into the potential and embodying it in real interactions as I was in countries where I needed it. And so what I've learned in, in those situations is, we all speak in an unspoken way through our mind, through our body language, through our gestures and mimics. And when we start paying attention to that, a lot of information is available in a, what I would call telepathic way, like a telepathy meets empathy kind of way, where we feel and intuit each other without really truly knowing if that's entirely what we're getting from the other person. But it is, it's one of the elements of how we connect. The other one is logic and language, right? And so when I remember this really vividly, when I was in, in, in Paraguay for the first time, the first month was really hard. I didn't speak Spanish at all. I had to really sit down and realize I was quite a bit ignorant to go there without practicing any Spanish before. And so I had to learn through failure a lot and had to learn to like just put myself out there, try to say some words that, you know, I had a really strong and thick German accent back in the day and, and just do it and fail and realize people might get me or might not get me, but it's worth trying. And so through this effort at some point, one, two, three months later, I was rewarded with connecting with people on that telepathic level, on that body language level, and then also learning those languages. And so that's kind of where it started, but you asked about stillness, right? And I want to get there. So through the last decade and a half or almost two decades now, what I've, what I've then come to understand is that a lot of the doing in the world is just doing to cover up our not knowing. It's like the systems we've created, they're systems we've created to create a certainty and security that the mind would like to have about tomorrow, but that are not actually based and anchored in a understanding or observation of what's real, because what's real is not tomorrow, but today, right? So I'm not saying we shouldn't plan for tomorrow. In some ways, planning is a very good thing to do. But coming back into the now and becoming present in the now allows us to see what's actually there and what potential, again, we can tap into to embody, not just potential that we can talk about and we can fantasize about, but that we can actually embody. And so for me, that um, a decade and a bit ago just brought me into connecting with my, my inner my inner yogi, I would call it, you know, this journey of meditation, yoga, chanting, mantra, these are things that they found me. And it was more like a remembering of tools that, you know, if you believe in it or not, might exist between lifetimes. And the funny thing is, we don't even need to believe it. Lifetimes might still exist anyway. So yeah, that's how it started. But to really answer your question, I believe when we calm down, breathe more, and allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling, what happens is we're developing a capacity of self-sensing. And self-sensing is another way to say mindfulness. The word mindfulness is a little bit overused at this point, and it's not always clear what it means. But the word self-sensing is something I'd like to introduce in this context. And it really, it really means to learn to sense yourself, what is present in your mental body. 
What are your thoughts? What is going on right now? What are you thinking? Are you judging something? Are you uh, afraid of something? Are you thinking about tomorrow? Or are there very few thoughts or maybe even no thoughts and you can allow yourself to drop into the body? Then the, the next layer is what's present on the physical level. Is your body giving you information? Would you maybe need to rest more? Do you maybe need to move and you've just like been sitting all day, what, whatever it might be, right? And then the, the last part in this very simplified kind of matrix would be the energetic space. What is present in your energy field, right? This could be stagnant energy. This could be potential energy. This could be a connection to the natural world around you. And so when we become self-sensing, that's the language of stillness. Because from that self-sensing, we, we have a complete different array of possible answers, of possible ways to interact with the world. And you know, to land, to land the plane there, I do want to mention that I don't believe that means we need to all become monk-like or, you know, like extremely calculated. I do believe it is beautiful to be spontaneous. I do believe it's beautiful to sometimes act quick on an impulse. However, I don't believe it should be the only way how we're governing ourselves. You know, so I don't want to be or need to be the calmest person in every room all the time because that's not a maxim that I'm holding myself to but I do connect with my breath at every moment no matter where I am and so that's that's how that language you know expresses yeah wow that's really so interesting and definitely something that I'm gonna try to focus more on as well and for all of our crazy birds out there you also have a podcast and it's called Green Planet, Blue Planet, you've done over 220 episodes. And for someone that does do podcasting, doing 220 episodes is quite an achievement. So I'm giving you a round of applause for that. But what exactly is your podcast about? You are talking about stuff like, you know, the triple bottom line. And I was just like, what is this triple bottom line? Can you explain a little bit about that? Absolutely. I love, I love your question. And, um, you know, to all the crazy birds listening, let's, let's dig into that and see if this resonates with you. So I do two to three episodes a week consistently. Definitely. It's quite a bit of work, but it's a lot of fun. It's like something that I couldn't currently live without. I started it three years ago when, you know, I was maybe on a all time low of frustration with the state of the world. I was like, why is everyone so connected to this doomsday narrative that's out there? They're, oh my God, we're so fucked. Earth wants to get rid of us and we're not doing anything that's good in the world. And I realized that there are simply not enough channels out there and there still aren't enough channels out there that talk about the powerful abilities that we have as human beings to adapt and to do what is most fit to the current circumstance. Now, that inspired me, right? Out of that like little dip or, or like almost like depressive uh, energy, I made the choice. And then from that choice, I started on my journey. This is three years ago now, started interviewing who I call the regenerative leaders in, you know, in this world. And so you could call it regenerative movement. You could call it the social impact movement, or you could call it the triple bottom line. And triple bottom line simply refers to the way we do business. When we look at business right now, we think of business as for profit or non-for-profit, right? However, we already know that that's what creates a lot of harm to the environment and to the people of this planet. And so it's very simplified. We need to create a metric for business that allows us to take planet and people first and profit third. 
So I'm not saying to get rid of profit entirely quite yet. I'm not saying that profit is all evil. And what I'm saying is that it's a it's a very narrow metric, GDP, gross domestic product, that we've developed globally that we're running this planet with. And it allows for business entities that are ultimately driven by humans, but that allows for business to just be destructive to ecosystems, to environments, to our mama earth, right? To our self and to the species on this planet. And so the triple bottom line is basically people, planet first, and then profit. And when I talk about regenerative or the regenerative movement and and all these amazing people that I, I get the chance to talk to on a weekly basis, these are all the people that are already doing, living and embodying epic and amazing change, either through their business, through the books that they write, through the thought culture that they put out there, through their their coaching programs or their their life's work or through simply the artistry that they do. That's really what I needed most in my life is to connect on a weekly basis with two to three amazing change makers. And so that's that's what I'm inviting uh, into with Green Planet, Blue Planet is tune in, hit subscribe, find the podcast on Spotify or Apple and, you know, listen to some of the people that are simply relentlessly committed to social impact. And the more I kind of hear about some of these guests that you've got on, I mean, it's so exciting to see that there's more people that's actually considering the triple bottom line and not just profit. So um, kudos to you for doing such an amazing job. And Crazy Birds, if you head over to the show notes, I'm going to link everything up in there for you. So it's easy to find you (laughs) and the podcast. So one of the other things is like over the last couple of years, you know, you have done quite a lot to build communities and to assist others into what seeing the benefit kind of of the power of collaboration. What was that journey like for you? And if you kind of look back at some of these collaborations, was there any of these collaborations that you now like look back and you're like, aha, you know, that was amazing. And when I started, I knew this is going to be something spectacular or something great. That's a great question too. Yeah, I do think this, you know, this way of acting people planet first and then profit as, as a, a, you know, in a new kind of matrix of doing business or, or creating change requires collaboration and collaboration requires trust. And so really we're only able to move at the speed of trust the moment we move into, you know, larger scale collaboration. For me, I'll I'll take you all the way back, like almost two decades when I did go for this first exchange year in Paraguay. What I realized there is I was never alone, right? I got prepared through the organization. I went abroad. I was, while I was abroad, we had like kind of integration camps, three or four of them actually, where we were just brought together with the community of the other exchange students. And so That was just the first time that I realized, okay, even when I think I'm alone, I'm actually not alone. There's always a group of people that are either like-minded or going through similar experiences or that are desiring similar outcomes. Now, that's when we talk about business or we talk about, you know, changing the world as we know it. And so that's what got me started on that route. Um, One of the experiences that I think is worth mentioning, when I first came to, to Canada, actually right after this BMW job I quit that I told you about, I started a community space for quite a few years here in Victoria on Vancouver Island. The name of it was Templed Mind. And we had a yeah, a thousand and a half people that that came and went and came back and went again. Like, you know, a community, it's, it's a small community here, but 
but like a community of, of roughly a thousand and a few people that that we interacted with over these two to three years here in Victoria. And we we were simply really listening to the community at the time, we, my, my business partner and I, to what kind of events, what kind of classes, what kind of workshops they wanted. And so that was in terms of like something that I knew was going to be a success. It was just the biggest learning experience, self-development tool for me. You know, I think there was a lot of successful moments in it, even though after two, three years, we had to close it down because as a business, it didn't make it too, too well. I learned a lot about collaboration. I learned a lot about, you know, making space, holding space, offering space, also about how much private time uh, one needs when collaborating, because it is important not to overextend your energy and then, you know, be depleted a year or two in. Um, that was maybe maybe one of those examples. It was it was a very rich time for me in the sense of, of learning and self-development. Um, there are a few other initiatives that I am in support of and have been in support of around, you know, I'm a part of the Global Shapers community that's anchored in the World Economic Forum, kind of edging out of it right now into more like being an alumni now that I'm, I'm beyond the, the the mark of 30 because it's it's a community for people 30 and under, where there's I think like seven or 8,000 people in their 20s around the entire world in 350 cities across 150 countries that are part of this community. And there's, there's a lot of collaboration spirit in this Global Shaper community and something I'm really, you know, I'm excited that I was able to learn with a lot of other global shapers around the world. And something about community and collaboration that I think is worth mentioning here in this episode is that community and collaboration happens among people that are like-minded and people that are also of different opinion, right? Mm -hmm. It's important that we don't just build echo chambers of the people that have the same opinions. But what should connect us, and I mean, obviously the word should is take it with a grain of salt, but like what, what, what I felt in every community I've ever in is that there's a shared ethos there's a shared bottom line of why are we here in the first place? And so that's really, I think, what can drive collaboration and community and change making. And that's what brings me back to this idea of people, planet, profit. I had to learn that profit is very important. I learned this, for example, in this community space templed mind I created, but it doesn't come first. Mm. It, it, it's minimum and equal priority of the people and planet. But people and planet comes back to our why. Why are we doing this? Why are we here? Why are we meeting? What are we having this conversation for? Even if only one crazy bird is inspired from this conversation today, then that's worth it, right? So, so that kind of shared ethos is, I think, what is the bottom line of collaboration. And if you take this into a larger context, like think of global incubators of like really big things that are happening. Like think of NASA, for example, you know, um, sending people into space. NASA is maybe an American entity, but really it's an entity where like skilled and talented people from every religion or nationality are meeting to build something they believe in. And that's probably why it has achieved so much too, is because it doesn't just open the door to Americans. It opens the door to the most skilled people that are most committed to that ethos. And Oh, love that. So definitely the power of collaboration and community is so important. So if you guys don't have a community yet, I would definitely encourage all of our crazy birds to go and find a tribe, go and find some people and see how you can kind of collaborate in the future as well. And you've also mentioned that you've learned a lot through failure and like when when you fail you kind of feel in a way it's necessary because you know you take so much from that but how do you time and time again 
take yourself, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and just like, you know, go and start over again. How do you do that? And what advice would you give our crazy birds to kind of stay positive, especially now in the current times that we are living in with COVID and uncertainty? What would your advice kind of be on that? That's a big one. Um, <laughs> feels like feels like a, a triple whammy in one question. Let me let me see if I can unpack that. So, failure is a mindset. I don't even believe failure is real. I, I believe in the power of learning through failing, but failure is a mindset. Failure is something that don't stop when you get a negative experience or you know a repercussion that feels like oh my god I failed. Don't stop. That's really the only advice that I think applies there. How do I not stop? By knowing that it's part of the journey, by deeply trusting that I'm not here to just achieve things and stuff or meet famous people or something like that, or become famous or something like that. But by, by deeply trusting, knowing and understanding that the journey itself is why we're here and that in the journey, everything that is alive within you wants to come out and wants to be expressed. Now, getting lessons through you know, not achieving what you want to achieve is a, is a really good thing, right? You know, I talk about the education system every now and then on my podcast and ask people about how they would redesign the education system. I think in general, it's important for humans to learn about uncertainty and to learn about how things go right and how things go wrong and how to just deal with that. Because life is not just a, an area of Walt Disney-like um, beautiful, poetic moments of, of, of bliss, there's lots of that. And then there are lots of moments when it's about us becoming adaptive in the moment, realizing what is actually present here, what is actually required of me. And I'm not talking about, you know, learning any of this to perfection so that we have the perfect pathway how to get rich or have the perfect pathway how to communicate with another person. I think there's still too much of that, this idea of, oh, you've done this wrong, you should have done it this way. I don't really believe in that. What I believe in is there are certain principles. And when you follow these certain principles, you will find either a form of success, which means reaching the goals you set for yourself, or a form of satisfaction that is either your soul or at the very minimum, your ego or your personality feeling good. I hope you're shooting for that, which makes your soul feel good. Not to leave the personality behind entirely. I think there's a role for that too. But when we go for the deeper things, we create more value for everyone. And so Coming back to what I'm saying there, it's principles. It's finding these principles that allow you to get up no matter what happened yesterday. It's understanding that your journey, your mission, your purpose is an absolute blessing. Being alive is an absolute blessing. And I think that's, that's just my attitude. That's just what I've, you know, I've, I've experienced on this planet every single day. And um, I spend a lot of time either in meditation or singing or breathing and, 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 and just in, in this gratitude kind of prayer. And then when I come out of that, you know, stepping into my personality and stepping into the tools I have in this body is fun. It's an exploratory journey. And now everything always works out well, but failure is not the end of the line. I think this is what I, what I really want to get across here. Failure, if it's even real, it's a momentary experience. But then if you look a little closer, it might just be a state of mind. And really what you're doing is you're learning, you're expanding, you're accumulating skills and experiences. That is such an inspiring message. I love it. 
So for you, what has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? That's beautiful. There's so many. One of the most important, I think, realistically, is the journey I'm on right now with this podcast, Green Planet, Blue Planet. You know, you and I are like twins from different continents, meaning it's very important for me to bring the planet into the equation. I call it the triple bottom line. We could call it planetary equity so that no matter which decision we make, we keep the planet in mind. We could look at New Zealand, right? That as a country has, you know, amended GDP and 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 made it into an economy driven by well-being of people and planet. And so I think that's been my choice has been to to map out who are those social change makers, to get their voice further out there, to continuously educate myself because there's just a whole lifetime of learning ahead, you know, that's been one of the, the major decisions to, to just be committed to that. Uh, in the beginning with just a few listeners and now with thousands of listeners and wherever that journey is going, it's, it's about commitment to that authenticity, that authority, right? Authenticity comes from the word authority, that authority that our home planet, that our, our positive home, our planet Earth is for us. Um, I think that's that's the biggest one. I could mention a few other ones that are more like lifestyle choices, like I live at the ocean because it connects me with the reality, both of, you know, this, this wholesomeness that the energy of the ocean has, as well as the pollution that we can see around the world that we, we, sh- we shall not forget, right, until we find a way to resonate it into better states and to clean up. And this is definitely a lifetime of cleaning up and integrating new ways of being. And so that's what we're here for. Oh, wow. Love that. Yeah. And living by the ocean, that's that's for me one of the dreams, even though the ocean's not very far from where we are, like a almost an hour's drive. But I still feel it would be better just to see it every day. I miss that. Hey, guys, before we move into our final five, I wanted you to take a moment and just take a deep breath right there where you are and just know that you are amazing and that I absolutely appreciate that you are listening to this podcast and keeping us going and I would so much appreciate if you guys can go on whichever platform it is that you're listening to this right now and leave us a review and tell all the world out there what you think about the Mama Earth Talk podcast and just spread some love and I'm gonna spread some love as well and just because you guys are so amazing I want you guys to have my free beginner's guide to waste free living Uh, it's a guide where I share with you nine of my tips to get you started on your waste free living (laughs) it also includes a bin audit If you've never really done a bin audit and don't know where to start, it can help you actually to find out what is these culprits that's filling up your bin. You'll also see what is in my sustainability kit. And boy, do I have some secrets for you and some also fun facts along the way. And if you've ever wanted to freeze items in glass, Well, this guide's going to get you covered with that as well. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you guys so you can go there and download it. Let me know how it goes. And if you have any questions along the way, hit me up 
and send them over my way and I would be more than happy to answer each and every single one of you guys. Well, that's enough for me now. Let's head back right into the final five. The first one is what is one social media or publication that you follow? I've recently made a stance in going to as close to zero on that answer as possible. I feel like as much as I love being informed, I don't enjoy being on social media every day anymore. I think it's it's become a dopamine addiction engine that is not only serving us, that can only serve us when we encounter it with a certain form of a, a alert and awakeness. So I'll, I'll just pass on that question and, and, and say, I'm, I'm giving my best to not be on social media every day. Awesome. That's great too. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? My hope and my vision for Mama Earth going forward is that we as humans harmonize with all of life, that we understand that we're one, not just with each other, but also with the earth and with every living creature. And that we learn to build technology, business, systems that resonate in harmony with all of life and the principles that are present in this universe. And what advice can you give all crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Yeah, that's an interesting one, crazy birds. I think to help out Mama Earth, you know, I believe strongly that this is a journey of personal transformation and of collective legacy. So if you feel inspired to do something like, you know, an ocean cleanup or to get rid of plastic in your life or to simply commit to a month of no shopping other than food, all of that is going to be helpful. But I think the most beneficial is if you make a radical choice and stance to commit all of your energy to that dream, to that purpose that is deepest and most alive in yourself. Because as you focus on yourself and your own transformation, you will be part of our collective legacy as one united people on the planet. I love that. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people that is not yet on a sustainable journey? I'm going to answer your question. I'm also going to say I don't use the word sustainability a lot because for me it comes back to like what are we trying to sustain? The world that I, you know, that I got born into is is not necessarily the word world we need to sustain. So that's why the word regenerative I think resonates a lot with with my audience and people in general. It's 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 kind of the what are we building that is as nature that regenerates by itself, right? And so in that mindset, what I often mention is 50% of the world's population is 27 years and younger. There's a lot of hope in the world. There's a lot of youth in the world. There's a lot of energy that wants to be plugged into amazing and epic causes that doesn't want to live a life that is uh, some kind of transhumanist agenda of us becoming robots or doesn't want to live a life that you know, just exploits value uh, out of the planet and really making that visible in your daily life to understand there are billions of young people that are waiting, waiting to, you know, step into their purpose, to live their dream. How can we connect with every single one of them to empower and encourage all individuals to step into a more sustainable, into a more regenerative way of living? Oh, awesome. Love that. I did not know that statistic. So that gives me even more hope for, for the future. So where can our crazy birds actually find you and your podcast? So here we go. It's greenplanet-blueplanet.com. 
That's my website. I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes. It's also called Green Planet, Blue Planet Podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. That could be Apple Podcasts. That could be Spotify. It could be Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And yeah, then there's a, a Facebook page as well where I publish a lot of the videos, also called Green Planet, Blue Planet. And if you're so inclined, there's also a Facebook group that there's a lot of ongoing conversations about the ever-changing opinions and mindsets around sustainability, regenerative thinking, regenerative actions. I love that. Well, Crazy Birds, I'm going to link that all up for you as well to make it easier for you to find Julian. And thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I really, really enjoyed talking to you and learning more. And I'm super excited to see what else you are going to be up to in the future. Thank you so much, Mariska. And thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for showing up the way you do. And thank you for, you know, just being committed to offering and adding who you are into the big puzzle piece of who we are. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the mamaearthtalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes. So if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them? Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the Crazy Birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best place would probably be a DM on Instagram at Design by Mariska or pop me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday. So make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.